Hello, boys and girls, children of all ages. It's this week's Monkey Nut Punch podcast. Uh, we're doing a regular one this week, and then we'll do a different one next week. So, I'm hoping you liked last week's one. I hope the YouTube algorithm liked it too. Doesn't appear to to have too off, but hey, we'll try. So, um, we got some notes from one of our viewers last week. Uh, we're going to talk about something we want to talk about, uh, and then we're going to go through what uh, Bilfer put down on the thingy, and I'm hoping he'll turn up at one point. So, uh, how we doing, Nigel? Haven't seen you in a world. Yeah, well, good, man. Oh, Keith? <laughs> well, Bilfer's in the house. I, I am I am fine. I am fine. I am, I am, I am moving along, as they say. <laughs> moving along, yes. Yes, uh, we all had some fun. I, I, I spent the middle of the week up top of a skyscraper, and I found out something very disturbing about skyscrapers. They wobble. Yeah, they do. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You don't notice. They... It does, it, so I'm standing up there. It's like, is this thing wobbling, or is it me? No, no, it's yeah, they're, they're designed to move with the wind. Oh, and you Wh- can which feel one it, were you so... at? Are you at the one in London that looks a bit, you know, Robocop vibes that you sent me, which it fucking was, actually? Hund- <laughs> a place called 100 Bishopsgate. It's called, mm. and I was on the thirty-fourth floor there, which put us almost at the same height as the top of the of Swiss Re, the big egg building in London. Mm. Yeah, that was uh, that was fun for a company event, and uh, yeah, I could feel it. I got up there, I could feel it wobble, and say, "Oh my god!" The thing is, it made me feel like I was expecting turbulence any moment. But hey ho! Anyway, this week we will be talking about Star Trek: Strange New Worlds. Um. Elon Musk buying Twitter, which is interesting. Uh, some idiot started a fight with uh, Mike Tyson on a plane. <laughs> Fucking idiot. Um, and then someone also um, tried to t- tackle Dave Chappelle while he was uh, on stage. And there's some other bits. But we'll get to them when we get to them. So let's talk about Strange New Worlds. Keith, mm-hmm. you insisted that I watch this. You go, Gareth, watch this. I need to watch this. And he's not what your opinion on, is on this. I like it. What would you think? Well, um, I, I said that, okay, I said that, that compared to every other um, Trek series, I I liked this one out of all of them because it felt like the most Trek thing that they'd done since Enterprise, really. Um I, it's not, it is fucking far from perfect. It still has really clunky modern dialogue, which is badly written. Mm. Um, because it sounds like, you know, they're, 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 you know, all sitting in a cafe in California and that's bad. There, it, it, it's far from perfect. And the second episode shows that even more so. But there are moments that feel like Trek. Yeah. Uh, and, it, 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 it the, the one thing I will give it is it's not downtrodden. It doesn't feel... It's far more upbeat. It's far more hopeful. Happy. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Yeah, it still it's has a billion perfect. producers at the start, though. Oh, yeah. Go it. I, it's got more producers than it has actors in the, in the TV show. Dear I, Hollywood, do you want to save money? Bin all those executive producers. That's it. It's like they are... I think. They're doing something again that they haven't done in in Picard, or because Picard was shockingly bad, um, or any of it. That we are getting clearly defined characters, 
and each episode is giving us an introduction to a new to a new character so this week on the second episode we got like a, a more of an intrigue into uhuru um but again her they do insist on giving them all tragic backgrounds it's like it's just lazy writing it's just it's it's lazy writing that that, that 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 to make a character interesting they've had to have some kind of tragedy in their background talk about fucking cliche it's badly written but it's better than than a lot of it you used the words before we got on and and i agree with you spectacularly average or just average but it, yeah. you're right it's not brilliant it's not like oh, you have to see this it's just the best damn thing that they've done. Okay, so just I'm I've got the I've got the file that uh, I watched it on. I mean, <clears throat> the totally legitimate file that I watched it on. Um, so I'm just trying to go through it, and it's the the it. Yeah, you're right. It feels it doesn't feel as dour. They've given tragic backstories in. That's what I'm trying to think in. Um, next generation, you had two back characters who tra- tragic backstories. Yeah, you had yes. Wolf, whose parents were killed at um, Kitama, or whatever it was. Yeah, and then you had Natasha Yar, who grew up on a planet it was a shithole. Mm-hmm. Yeah, then you had Data, who was just an android that was abandoned by his creator. Um, then you had Picard, and he was fine. And then you had Riker, he was fine. And you had Troy, fine. Crusher, fine. Crusher's problem. Uh, Crusher's had a tra- slightly tragic backstory because her husband died, uh, but I imagine that was after she met. After we met Wesley, um... <laughs> that was so bad. Um, the thing is, I, I kind of like what they've done with the bridge. They've made it more neutral rather than the blue that was in Discovery. Um, mm-hmm. The engineering set is more interesting than it was in Discovery. I, I just um, just stick with let's just stick with the characters for a moment. Yeah. But, well, so, I mean, you, okay. You, I like Anson Mount. I like. We haven't had too much of an introduction into Number One yet to know she's got a tragic background. Um, we've got the new engineer that's just turned up, and he is one of those not Andorians that the the sort of Albanian. <laughs> Albino Albanian Andorian. Andorian. Albanian, no, Albino Andorians that, that are blind. Um, and there's quite a funny scene at the beginning of the second episode where they haze Uhuru because she runs over to help him. He's like, what makes you think I need help? And then, and then there's like this toing and froing from Spock as they rip the piss out of her. They haze her, basically. And that was quite funny. Um, yeah. And actually, like, the the story was an interesting one. It wasn't I heard some writers say, oh, you know, they're using sci-fi tropes. The third episode looks like that. The second episode, actually, no, I don't think it was. It was um, about an asteroid heading for a planet that that had a pre-warp civilization on it. Um, They realized that the asteroid's about to hit, so they decide to blow it up. And as they fire the missiles at it, the damn thing shields itself. It was like, what? (laughs) You know... And then they beam onto it, and then these bunch of religious zealots turn up and go, look, don't attack it. We're the guardians. If this thing's going to hit, that's what, you know, God deemed it to be. Um, and and so you get this, like, battle scene, which is kind of cool. Um, and, and, and meanwhile, Uhura has to work out how to communicate with the asteroid, that, that kind of thing. 
But actually, the ending was pretty interesting, not something that they'd done, and it kind of made you think a bit. Um, and um, I, I, I liked... I liked the overarching story, if that makes sense. I think the people, I think they've got some people that know what they're doing on the writing staff, but they can't write dialogue for shit. Mm. They, 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 they still write I, it like I, it's I, a I, fucking soap opera, and it's not. Honest, it's I want to go back and just that. focus on the first episode and the characters in, in the first episode, because the first episode they turn up to some world where they think that they've developed warp drive, and it turns out they haven't. They've, they've developed a warp bomb. Um, and then they link it back to Discovery, which made me go, mm. which I was like, oh, he's missing his sister. No, he's not missing his sister. He's a Vulcan. Yeah, he's all his emotions are under lock and key and control. Because um, that kind of well, that, that, that wind me up. And then the other bit too was the the alien that escapes the medical thing. Because you got the new nurse chapel, yeah, and her hair is fucking terrible. Yeah. Yeah, is 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 ghastly. I, I don't know what the f- fuck they were thinking. It's blonde, not not. But and then it's like they didn't put any guards on on, on just by the doors of Medbay. Oh, it, Gar- and then they... it, 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 it's still done. Oh yeah, <laughs> it's still done. It, yes, don't, okay. Don't... It, it, yeah, it is right. done. It, it's not. Um... Yeah, it's like Bert Wilf has put down the the oppression Olympics or the tragedy trials or whatever you want to call them. Um, it, it's yeah, uh, it's the thing with Spock. You, you mentioned Spock is meant to keep his emotions in check. Actually, strict there is law for this. Spock in the cage was quite emotional. Yeah, but they never worked out what the character was in the cage. Well, yes, but they then built that into the canon by saying that a younger Spock hadn't decided to go through the colonel because he was half human he was still experiencing emotions that is and this is where i mean that they go back and they pick out these bits out of obscure canon um but that is that is in there and actually it's again mentioned in the all first right, hang on a second oh, all right, hold, hold on a second right so so this chapel doesn't have blonde hair she's got freaking platinum blonde white hair Snakes. yeah you've, <laughs> you've got and then you've got and the security officer, who is tiny, she was in uh, Doctor Who. She was in the she episode was. where you found out where what River Song, River Song was. Yeah, yeah. Um, and she plays the great granddaughter of Nunyan Sung. Yeah. Now I thought it was Nunyan Singh, as in I Indian, as well. because mm. I thought because Khan was Indian in the original mm. TV show, and I thought he was Indian, but they changed that around. Um, and having her as a granddaughter, just that, that's, that was just stupid. It's mm-hmm. stupid. No, you could have had anyone else in there doing that role. You could have created an entirely new character that you weren't dependent on uh, bastardizing Star Trek lore for that. Um, she, as an actress, she's okay. She's easy to watch. Nothing wrong with her there. She's quite believable. Um, didn't think she was being fake or di- uh, disingenuous any, any time through it. Um, there was the bit where um, they they've got to uh, what's it? They're trying to get through the security, and they beam the contents of a liquid straight into Spock. Yeah, so our transporters work, mate. 
That's not how transporters work. You have they to beam pass it, him. They don't just beam it into him. They beam it into his fucking eye, don't they? Or is it into him like an injection? No, they beam it into him like an injection. That's not how it works. Yeah, it no, could no, have I agree. That was that. That's dumb because all of a sudden they start breaking. Because transporters, if you remember Enterprise, yeah, it, it, the older transporters, if you use them and say like you were in a leaf storm. Yeah, there's a good chance those leaves would be attached to your fucking face on the way up. Yeah, because you couldn't they couldn't distinguish between the two. They get better all the way through. Yeah, but they were they were very precise instruments. That's why you had an operator there. Because if anything went wrong, you'd want someone being able to fix it. Yeah. And I know in Discovery they were like kind of I can't be bothered to walk from one set to another. Do me to Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That was the yeah, that was that was done. Oh Discovery is just yeah. But I, you've you've got her. You've got um, you've got the 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 sort of I don't know. Okay, two episodes in, we haven't really learned a lot about the helmsman character. Who you mean the lesbian? She's a lesbian. Well, she's visibly she's a, lesbian. a lesbian, or, or she's non-binary. No, but they she's a fucking playlist, isn't it? No, no, she will be a lesbian. It's so like kind of we need a lesbian, but she's not allowed to. We're not going to characterize her too much, so we need a clear visual signifier that she's a lesbian. That's what they've done with the character. Um, It's gross. I find it a bit gross, actually. I think it's uh, slightly. uh, The the, the thing is, so far, because they haven't gone. Okay, they they they've given her. Let's let's face it. They've given her a dyke haircut. I'm sorry, but that's exactly yeah. what they've done, and 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 they've stereotyped it. But actually, so far as a character, I kind of like her. Yeah. Um And and that's the thing. I do I because they're not going. Because she's not going. Hi, I'm a lesbian. Every five seconds, they're Bill Potts. Um, mm-hmm. But um, because she's not saying hi, I'm a lesbian. Because that's what defines you. Um, I, I I've enjoyed. Her character, uh, you know what she's been on screen so far. I love number one so far, Re- uh, Rebecca Romay. I, I, I the latest lady. The, yeah, um, I love Anson me. Mount. A- Anson Mount is just so damn charismatic and is a perfect choice for a captain. And mm. and if this was written by anyone else, he would be one of the greats. He would be up there with Kirk and Picard. Yes, he would be, um, because he 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 has that charisma that that kirk had and 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 i think that's why i'm giving it the time of day because i like handsome mount and that's the Mm. problem i like him as christopher pike and and he has some great lines and and although the dialogue is mostly poor he does have some good lines the problem is the ship's way too damn big they've got these two just it's like these cavernous sets it's like He's living no, quarters. You, right, it's no, 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 hang, on, hang on a second. There was one where you were sitting there going, oh, they're in a meeting room and it's huge. Oh, mm, but that was a meeting room on a space station where mm, they had giant things. No, that no, was a space no, station. No, no, I've, the meeting I've room got in the... the station. Go, No, I know exactly what scene because there's one shot of it and it's taken from way back. That's on the spaceship because it's all white and red. That's on no, the it's on space. it's on the space station. No, 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 no. I, I can even even find it's it. On one that... of the I've got it here. I'm looking at it with You're my. You're talking own eyes. towards the end. I'm yeah, talking towards the like, end. Near the be- No, it's near the beginning. Near the beginning. Near the beginning, near the beginning of the episode when uh, I think when they are first um, showing something on the heads up screen. There's one shot where it's taken from the floor, a long way back from the table. It's like how fucking. 
fucking big is that room? <laughs> it's huge. Um, I think I think I can. Um... Can you give me a time code? Yeah, hang on. That's what I yeah. need because I'm looking at it at the moment, and it's like because there's the one yeah, on the space station where they were talking about it. And that's a reference to. Um... Hang on, hang on. Oh, an old 70s film where they a guy was sent out into space yeah. with a load of things. It, it's about 30 minutes into the episode. It's not the beginning. No wonder I can't find it. 30 minutes in. And there's a scene. Yeah, right. So time codes, 3050, 3050s. Pause it, 3050. Look at the fucking size of that room. That's a corridor, mate. No, 3050. I can share the screen. Share the screen then. Share me the screen because I've got 3050 and it's running down a corridor. There you go. Look at the size of that. I mean, just look at it. That's fine. That's fine. No, it's not. It's not. And then you look at the size of his damn quarters. It's like he's got fucking fireplaces in his quarters. Honestly. Okay, fireplace. A fireplace on a spaceship might be fucking ridiculous, all right? Is it one of those fake ones? It must you know, be. Show. It might be. But, but, there was no chimney mate, on the fucking Enterprise last time I checked. Mate, it's so fucking ridiculously big. Let me see if I can find it. Um, Are you trying hey, to find that? Some people call it opulent. So the other thing, you, Keith, the other thing you need to know is that the, um, the Enterprise D, only 3% of the entire Enterprise D was occupied. Yes, you know I know that, that but the, yes, but this is the, a Constitution Three, class starship. 3%. It's a jolly sight, lot smaller. Um, but um, anyway, um, I, I think some of the sets are way too big. They they they, they are extraordinarily too large. But I do like the bridge set. I do like the engineering set, and I kind of like the the set for Medbay. Um, the Doctor character, I think, is going to be interesting. Um, uh, it's played by an actor that I quite like. I've seen in a few things. Um, so the Doctor, I think, is going to be quite interesting. Uh, who else? Have we mentioned all of the crew? And Uhuru, yeah, her Uhura. backstory might... Uhura, Uhuru. Uhura. 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 Um, her, her back story is a tragic one. Um, doesn't know if she wants to be oh, Starfleet. Oh, no! Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, and, she's and supposed to have spot... a really good one because her parents brought her up right and proper and allowed her to be the best she could be and then therefore she became the best she could be. Parent, parents dead um, because, you know, to be an interesting character, you, you know, you have to her have some kind still of still be dead and that she have a good upbringing and whatnot. Oh, Samuel Kirk lasts all of about five seconds. Not, he's not red-shirted, um, but he's a bit of a knob. <laughs> um, okay. So, they went and, 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 That's and the other thing. star but... patch. That was the other thing, too. Give me Lieutenant Kirk. And I'm like, oh, fuck, no. No, no, no. no. And That's I saw his father. Went, no. It's his father. Oh. Not his brother. I thought it was his brother. His older brother. His father. Which was his father in, was called Sam. Because he's an older brother, which is a reference to one of the episodes of the original show. You might be right, but I thought it was his father. Now, I'm not, I don't know that for a fact, I thought his dad was called Sam, but you could be right. I, I'm sure. And I know that you're obscure. You're you you are a fucking for somebody that's not a Trekkie. You're a fucking encyclopedia when it comes to Trek. So, I, 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 I won't. I won't like. argue. I won't when argue it, with you on that one. I'll be honest with you. When it works, it works. It's like the first two series series of the original show. I can remember more than I can the third. The third, for some reason, isn't in my head. Do you want to hear something? You want an interesting fact? 
Apparently, the guy who played Sulu, um, George Takei, only worked for 30 days on Star Trek, the original series. I didn't know that. Yeah, I know, because fucking um, William Shatner shut him down. <laughs> he goes, you only worked on the original thing for 30 days, sitting there thinking this, that, and the other. Um, yeah, well, he's he's become a bit... I don't know. Anyway, let's not go I, into George Takei. Right, so... Going back to the show, um, the opening, it, you're right, it, it isn't dour, it's much more upbeat. I don't know how long that's going to stay because everyone's got tragic backstory. Um, it's not family friendly, which Star Trek needs to kind of be if you want pop, broad spectrum appeal. Yeah, they, they talk about being inclusive, but if you have sex scenes and bits in it or allusion to sex well, in it, like they did, I, uh, you kind of didn't... take out the thing sitting down with the family and watching it. I don't know how much you could say that i mean she was only lying on a she was lying you know did we see down. her bum do we no no there's two there's two there there was there was the spock and the pike oh yeah, yeah the uh, spot was getting it on with that that hot hot vulcan she was quite hot. yeah um but um <laughs> yeah well i would i mean you know I, despite her being a you know an emotional you know um or or, or emotionally stunted not, I'm not complaining. <laughs> okay, all right. It's, oh yeah, I find it. Uh, it's, it's one of those things where I'm like, uh, I, I'll, I'll give it a four episode watch, and then I'll, I'll dip in or dip out. Yeah, you know, I'll just endure with it to see if it happens. It didn't upset me. There was the thing that they did, where they talked about the America's Second Civil War, and they showed. So bits from uh, January 6th or whatever it was. And I'm, I was like, it makes me laugh because it was like fucking dorks invade a public building where you're allowed to go around. It, 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 th- yeah, but that's what I mean about the fact that, that they contradicted Picard. Literally contradicted Picard. And both episodes oh, they don't give a shit about were shown continuity. on the same fucking day. Um, they don't but, give yeah. a shit about continuity of characters. Oh, I know. I know. I know this is my point, but anyway, um, what's right. next on the list? Elon Musk buys Twitter. Everybody goes mental, including well, the people at Twitter. He's he's announced over the weekend that he's put it on hold. So yeah, do you know why he's put it on hold though? Yes. Now this is to do with the fact that 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 Twitter can't really, even though they provided this this arbitrary um, figure that less than 5% of the accounts on Twitter are fake accounts, they then decided to say, well, yeah, but we can't really be 100% sure about that. And the algorithm that we used to figure that out, we just pulled out of our asses. So Elon's got, well, fucking get a decent algorithm going and tell me how many fucking fake accounts you've got. Um, So, yeah, is that not pretty much what it is in a nutshell? It's something along those lines, yeah. So it's like there's a... There's an audit tool. I'm just going to pop into it. I'm going to see what our, our Twitter looks like. So I'm just going to get a tweet. So, yeah, there's an audit tool online where you can see if yeah. uh, if it's uh, fake or not. Um, let me see if I can share that. Uh, share screen. Where are we? Screen, tab, Twitter, audit tool. So there's this audit tool online, yeah? Now, when – can you see it? Or have I not pressed the button? No, I've not pressed the button. That usually helps. Where is it? to me so you have like a twitter audit tool so you can check to see if you've got real followers or fake followers um there's rumors see what happened was but he bought it yeah and then all of a sudden a lot of people became unbanned all of a sudden 
all these people became unbanned. And then all of a sudden, a lot of other people started losing followers and bits. And I think it's because there's a lot of fake accounts. And that was the one thing he said he'd do is he would kill the spam bots on Twitter. Yeah, that was his that was his like his big goal. Get rid of the spam bots, verify real people, get it profitable. Nothing wrong with that from a business perspective. So yeah, he's uh, I, I, I don't know why he's doing this. Um purely from a really selfish point of view, I wish he'd just focus on SpaceX because that's where I think it's cool. Um, personally, I, I, I do not know how I to feel. I don't like Twitter. I don't care whether he's buying it or not. I'm still not going to use Twitter. Um, I don't think, I don't get this. I don't get, get this. this. I don't know. I don't, I, I, I suspect there's some kind of ulterior motive, but I might be wrong. I just don't get it. I, I, I um, think it, 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 it falls down to one of two things. One, I think he likes Twitter. He loves tweeting. It's his, mm. it's his like hobby in between doing things. Mm. You check how many times, how many things, how many stories reported on him getting in trouble where he's tweeted something out. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. He tweets about freaking Dogecoin. Yeah. And all of a sudden Dogecoin now has value. Yeah. Didn't before. Mm. Now it has value. He loves tweeting. That's his thing. He really does. So why not? If he say, for example, he was, he, I think he was following the a, a, a site called the Babylon Bee, and the Babylon Bee put a video out of um, someone going to Twitter and complaining, and they go, "Hang on a second. and they do this fake Rorschach test where it's like, kind of, what do you see? Nazis. Uh, what about there? Nazis. Nazis. Elon Musk promoting Nazis. And this, you just go through all these things, just go Nazis, Nazis, Nazis. Yeah. And it's like, they're clearly not Nazis. And it's like, and they got banned for that. Okay. And then he turned around and said, they've been banned. I'll sort something out. And then literally, he's been thinking about buying it. Someone who does that, it's not, he's, I, I think part of his strategy now is to drive the price down so he gets a better deal. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think that's exactly what he's doing. I, I have never, since these bannings started taking place, and, and I, I haven't clearly sold, sorted out my thoughts here, so I'm just spitballing this out a bit. All I can tell you is that I'm uneasy with a company not being regulated or having any kind of editorial um, and, and just banning people with it, with it, with it. Sometimes I understand why they are banned, I don't know if I agree with it or not. I, I know that there, it makes me uncomfortable that, that private companies that have the level of influence that they do, and let's face it, Twitter, Facebook, social media does have these influences. It, it concerns me that they effectively control the message. Um, and that there is no independent uh, editorial and, there. That, and that, that concerns that's, me. That's the other thing I think Elon Musk doesn't like. Yeah. And I think what yeah, he's that... doing is there's a guy called, do you know Tim Paul? Beanie. Roughly, yes. Yeah. yeah. Beanie fella. Um, he says, he goes, this is what he thinks has, has happened. Yeah. Twitter has been um, downplaying all the populist voices. And it's ironic because populist people have lots of people following. That's what they call populists. Um, so they've been downplaying on the populist followers, yeah, and they've been artificially boosting the the marginalised voices or the ones that fit their their politics. The problem is, is that they look like they've been using fake bots, fake accounts in order to do this. And because they've been using fake bots and fake accounts to do this, yeah, they've got a, a, an influx of fake people on their site. 
So when they turned around to Elon and turned around and said, hey, 5% of our, our, our user base is fake uh, and we'll, you know, we'll do stuff about that. They've then gone back and looked at it and went, no. So how do you adjust that number? You remove as many fake ones as you can get away with and then you unban all those accounts that you banned and put them back on the platform. Because everyone was like kind of, the news was coming out that Barack Obama has lost 30,000 people. Um, uh, Katy Perry lost 50,000 people. And then you've got people like Tucker Carlson and snarky 12-year-old Ben Shapiro. And all of a sudden, they've they've gone up. Yeah? He's a snarky. He looks like a snarky 12-year-old. Sorry, it's his genetics. He's I'm not, unlucky. I am laughing no? at because I, I agree with what you're saying. Um, I know. It's just, I just I always just find it funny because it's... It, it, He'll never escape that. He'll be he'll be grey, and he'll, I'll still look at him as a snarky twelve year old. Um, but all these people, the populists or the people with libertarian and conservative leanings, all of a sudden massive boost. All the people that are on their side, psh, massive decrease. And then but then it's... you hear people like the the, the Gary Beeklers and the the Ashes of the world turn around and say, "Hey, I've been having great fun on Twitter because all of a sudden I'm not scared of being banned." And it's like something's up there. They've like they they have done something, yeah. I think they've done something for I think they've done something illegal. I I probably. I, I honestly just don't care enough. As I said, my interest in Elon Musk is what he's doing at SpaceX, which I think is seriously cool. Um and I wish the fucking um FDA or whatever they are would get on and fucking approve or unapprove instead of delay. Talk about one of the worst run USA agencies ever. How many times have they delayed that goddamn permit in Texas? I mean, that damn thing should have taken off by now. The fucking hell, they stacked it eight months ago. Um, and, uh, and they've been delaying it every month, I think, because they delayed it again. I think it was like the sixth time. Everybody just, you know, this is where Twitter does actually have a thing because most people just went, what the fuck? Are you being run by a bunch of incompetent morons? You keep saying, oh, it'll be done next month. Then you delay it another month. There's no fucking COVID pandemic anymore, per, per, per se. You can't say, oh, everybody's at home or, you know, off because of COVID, because the figures don't agree with that. Hurry up and goddamn approve it, please, because I want that damn thing to take off. <laughs> That's what I'm interested in. Because to me, that is that that is something that, well, you know, um, so um, I want to see that damn rocket go. <laughs> I really do. Um, well, so we'll, we'll get there. We'll get there eventually. But it's as I said, the the the, the they've been firing executives left, right, and centre. There was one poor bastard who went yeah, on paternity leave and then got fired on the way back. Uh, and the amount well, of money these people was he the fired of money... or did... he said no, he, he was quit. fired. He was fired. Uh, he yeah. was fired. He was fired. I do um, know that one. The, the amount of executives and the pay that they're receiving for managing a failing company. Yeah, because they don't make any money. If they were making money, you'd expect it. Yeah. Now, sounds weird. Activision, I'll use Activision as an example. Yeah. Activision makes money. They've never not made money. Yeah. And they pay themselves ridiculous bonuses. Disney, at one point, were making themselves money and paying themselves ridiculous bonuses. Twitter never has never made any money. I think there might be, maybe it's a quarter where they've declared that they've made money and then it got swallowed up in the next month's result, the next quarter's results. So why are you paying these people 16, 17 million pounds? This is, this is, this is stupid. So I'm, I'm glad that he's going to take a scythe to these people and their pay because that needs to happen. There's nothing more irritating than rewarding I, failure. I definitely think the, the social media companies need 
do need an upheaval, but I, I still, as I said, I don't know how I feel about social media. I mean, mm. I, I don't know enough about Twitter these days. I mean, Nigel probably knows more about Twitter than I bloody do because, you know, he's still stuck in that closet, so he hasn't got me all the followers yet. Um, so... Um, <laughs> That's a joke from five years ago. Um, yeah. <laughs> I barely use Twitter, to be fair. I don't. I, I, I... I pop on Twitter every so often. There's a guy I follow called Data Racer, and all he does is he takes screenshots of people doing nefarious things. Uh, and he's actually a really good source of information to find horrible people in the world. Um, like there's like tw- tweets of J.K. Rowling getting death threats and all these other people getting death threats, and they talk about the safety of other people, but they ignore the ones that are politically inconvenient for them. Um, and that's one thing that Elon Musk will end. Um, and I think that there are governments around the world may have done some dodgy things. If the if the former president of the United States is not on Twitter, but uh, the leaders of the Taliban and some ISIS people are on Twitter, something's not quite right. Seriously, something's not quite right. Well, Elon um, said about that, he was saying, yes, I'd unban Trump because yep. um, that way we can moderate what he's saying, essentially. Well, no, no, he's no, he doesn't want to, no, he doesn't want to moderate what he's saying. Yeah, doesn't want to do it. He what he's free speech. Yeah. If if he's on his own platform, he can say whatever he likes, however he likes, with no repercussion whatsoever. But, yeah, when but if he was on, if he was on Twitter, if he was on the, in, on Twitter under Elon Musk, it'd be the same. When that platform's yeah. working, Mike. When that platform's working, but he he he's no come clue. out and said that he he he's saying he has no interest in coming back to Twitter. I'll bl- if Elon Musk does buy Twitter and unbans him, and Trump does without going down too political a thing and does decide to run again, I give it about five minutes before he's back on Twitter. To be honest, but that's another yeah. That's after a, he announces he runs matter. five minutes. Yeah. After he announces he runs five minutes later, he'll be on Twitter. Oh yeah yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, but no, I again, I don't know how I feel about this. Really, I, I, I barely have shared much in the much interest in it. Purely, I'm only just like, why are you buying it? As you said, Gareth, it doesn't make any money, so and you're paying forty four billion for it. Why? Um, that's, I think that's... he believes he. Can, I think he believes he can get it to make money. It's his toy. Yeah. That's what it is. That's he, he's, he, that's the perceived thing. It's his toy. He can buy it and get it working. He looks at that and goes, I could do a better job of running that. And went, Hang on a second. Let me just check down my sofa for loose change. I will, I've got enough money to buy it. Woohoo! Elon yeah. Musk is one of, one, of the, one, of the, one, of, one of the more sort of bright, intelligent billionaires out there. He's certainly one of the most interesting. Yes, he's quite conservative. Probably don't agree with half his politics, but that doesn't matter. He's an interesting guy, um, and I mean, you just have to watch that everyday astronaut tour of um, SpaceX in in Texas, and he interviews. He, he's shown around by Elon Musk, and the level of detail Musk goes into about these fucking engines. You're just like shit. He really understands this shit. I mean, this guy understands rocket science, and that's no fucking word of a lie. Um, and uh, you sit there and go, fuck me. I mean, among only the billionaire and a fucking rocket scientist. <laughs> so it, 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 it's kind of cool. Um, so, yeah. But as I said, I'm more interested in this space stuff. Anyway. Let's move on. Let's, 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 um, 
Let's move on to poor choice. I call this section poor choices in life. All right. Um, so we'll go for the first poor choice in life. Okay. So this is uh, this is someone. I'm going to turn the volume off on this. this someone decides to uh, rush Jake, Dave Chappelle at one of his comedy gigs. So it's, it's I blame Will Smith. I actually genuinely blame Will Smith for this. Yeah. So he rushes him. And then security comes in. I love it because it's fucking like a comedy <laughs> act there. You, you can't tell if it's made up or not. But literally, they they went round back, yeah, and they beat the ever-loving crap out of this guy to the point that they broke his arm where it looks like a Lego man with his arm stuck on back to front when they were wheeling him out in his stretcher. Let's see if I can... Sorry, I'm trying not to uh, copyright it. And there was some, some other bits. Didn't Chris Rock come on? Chris Rock, Chris on Rock came on and the... And do you know what he said? Was that Will Smith? (laughs) (laughs) Was that Will Smith? Um, It's it's, it's a worrying state of affair, yeah, because comedians have always known to be offensive. Always offensive. You can't can't talk to a thousand people without offending one of them. It's a fact. doesn't matter what you're saying. You could be saying, kumbaya, the hands... You know, tree hugging hippie shit that we used to get, which I miss. Um, I, I have, yeah. I have very much in the last few years stayed away from saying, commenting, or talking about anything political on social media. Right, but I broke my rule once, and it was about Dave Chappelle, and because I was really very, 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 very angry about this, and it perfectly fucking demonstrates what what's wrong and without going down to the plickers all size so i'm not going to bore you nigel um but this is this is there was this big hoo-ha about his last comedy special because he talks because the trans people got all leery about the fact that dave chappelle is anti-trans he's not he 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 insults everyone he just makes anti-trans jokes but if you actually watch the last 15 minutes of Dave Chappelle's special, you understand why he antagonizes these people. Um, and he does it on purpose. And it, and, it, and it is for anger because he talks about having a friend who was a transvestite, who was a trans or trans transgender. Sexual. Right? Yeah. Um, and they became very good friends. And he took the piss out of it and he didn't understand everything. And he was honest in the fact that he was felt uncomfortable about this. But he said, look, we were friends. And because this, this the, the person in question came out and said, I'm friends with Dave Chappelle, leave him alone. Actually, he's a nice guy. These anti-trans people, these same three or four people that were protesting at Netflix, hounded this, this person into the grave to the point that this person killed themselves right none of that was in any of the news stories but when you watch it and you see the emotion on Chappelle's face you're like jesus christ and i i said look for all these people that are fucking criticizing dave Chappelle, go and watch the last fucking 15 minutes of this special and you will understand because no one in the media is telling me this no one has featured this which is the context of why Chappelle says what he does, right? It is it is the reason that he doesn't like these people. And I don't fucking blame him. 
<laughs> and I tweeted this. I said, look, this guy, and actually he ends it with a brilliantly funny joke. Um, um, where, where he, because what Dave Chappelle did was he, he gave the daughter of this person a lot of money. He set her up for life, basically. And he goes, um, he goes, your mother was the best man I knew. <laughs> and he finishes that joke on it. And it's brilliantly funny. The, the thing is, Chappelle is a brilliantly funny comedian. And um, he, he is very, very controversial. Some of his Michael Jackson jokes make Freddie Boyle, uh, Boyle look, um, what's his face? Frankie um, Boyle. Scottish, Frankie, Frankie Boyle, Boyle yeah. look, look tame. Some of the stuff in his previous special. But if you've never seen a Dave Chappelle special, they're all on Netflix. Go and watch them. Brilliantly funny. Very, very funny. Um, but uh, the fact that he got attacked on stage. <laughs> Can you see the guy's arm? Yes. Jesus Christ. Yeah, well, he kind of deserved it. Yeah, he did. The stupidity of people. It's... Uh... I find it immensely annoying. They feel they can they do stuff without consequence. Yes. There are, there are consequences for your actions in life. I yes. wonder if, if there was, uh, how can I put it, um, something promoting that, shall we say, some social media platform. They might be angry that this social media platform now is no longer under their, will no longer be under their control um, and people won't get bleeding <laughs> editorialized. Anyway. He wasn't the only stupid person to do something stupid. Um, where is it? That's hang on a second. I just need to find the footage. Oh, crikey, there it is. Boom, 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 boom. There we go. So let's start that. There. Is this so, some dude on it? Oh yeah, yeah. He decided to pick on Mike fucking Tyson. Yeah, it's. Uh, I, I don't sound ruder and think Mike Mike Tyson, even at his current age, could beat the shit out of most people. And he's got the temperament to go along with it. Um, but but I, this is it. This is it. Right. So this is it, right? So you've got Mike Tyson. He's sitting quite happily in his seat, waiting wait to take off. And this this idiot here what is are goading him it? and trying to wind him up. He's antagonizing him. At what point? Okay, right. For it to get to that point. <laughs> Let's leave that up there to make us feel better. Okay. Right. You see a guy leaning over somebody else's seat who are clearly not together. And what are the stewardesses and the stewards doing? They're called. Why are they? Why have they not they, gone they, up to this guy and gone? They called. They called call security, Nigel, and they got him kicked off the plane. Well, you yeah, could clearly so go eventually up to got him and say, "Right, stop." And it's then if he Tyson. carries on, I'll be honest with you. It's Mike fucking Tyson. <laughs> If Mike Tyson can't defend himself, I don't know who can. <laughs> it's not about defending himself, right? He could do it to anybody. Yeah, yeah. I know he could, Nigel, but and the people the, wouldn't. The, the and the people who work there would and be the stewardesses all. are not there to put themselves in the harm's way when it comes to these sort of things. No, they have to find the authorities the, and have to wait for the authorities. But to turn on the, I see. I've been on a plane where we were forced to land. <laughs> I'll never forget this. I'll tell this story, right? So my first time I ever came to Thailand, we were flying an airline that, that's now defunct. Um, and uh, they it was a direct flight here, and it was meant to be a direct flight back. But uh, some kid, looked a bit like that actually, got on the plane and got all pissed up and started giving all the fucking passengers shit, right? I mean, he was a very little fucker. Um, 
drunk, rude, and I remember the air staff trying to control him. And and they were, in fairness, trying to control him. But, you know, it's all these little Thai air hostesses and this pissed up six foot tall twat. Um, and in the end, they, 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 they couldn't do a lot because he started threatening them with violence. So we landed. Now, unfortunately for this guy, we landed in the United Arab Emirates. Um, and this guy got on the plane. And I'm not fucking joking. And this isn't right. Don't, don't, don't take offense from this. This guy gets on. He's wearing black sunglasses, great big black tash, fucking green beret, green uniform. <laughs> right? Now, from a distance, <laughs> this guy looked like fucking Saddam Hussein. <laughs> I'm not joking. This guy did. He was like fucking... Um, and he got arrested and carted off the fucking plane um, in the United Arab Emirates. So, um, yeah, not a nice place to get arrested. Um, but they, the air hostess stuff, they couldn't do a lot. This guy was threatening them. And, I mean, you know, they're not paid enough money to put their lives at risk. This guy, I, I saw the video. This guy was fucking... I, I mean, in fairness, Tyson didn't just get up and punch him. This guy was going at him for about five or six minutes. And Tyson yeah. did say, look, look, fuck off, basically. And this guy carried on. He's like, right, fucking twatted him. In fairness, I possibly would have done the same thing. <laughs> uh, I don't, I don't get where these people get off and doing what they do. To antagonize <laughs> people. It, were they some kind of fucking YouTubers or something that that, that, that do this professionally? Oh, I don't know. Or... There might have been some YouTuber slash Instagram person, but it doesn't matter because you you, you don't start a fight with Mike. Any idiot starts a fight fucking Mike Tyson. He's known for being a bit sorry. Nuts. That, what, Mike Tyson? What would the face tattoo? Nah. <laughs> exactly. I mean, if you he obviously knew who Mike was to do what he did, and so you would know his rep. And his rep is, he's a little bit nuts. Especially yeah. in front of cameras in a ring. So what yeah, makes you true. think he would do any less to somebody on a plane who's antagonising him? He's like walking up to a lion and poking it with a fucking stick and then wondering why your arm gets bitten off. <laughs> Not only that, poking it with a stick while holding some meat behind you at arm's length. Yeah. Going, come on then. Here, kitty, kitty. Right. Here's, here's, here's the funny thing for the story, yeah? The guy, eventually the, 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 the airport security comes along, they remove the guy, Mike Tyson, no repercussions whatsoever. Yeah. Which is, yeah. it feels like justice was served that day. Well, yeah, they, yeah, they, they, they argued that. it was self-defense, and it was. I mean, I, I, I have said hello to Mike Tyson. That's all. That's all I can say about Mike Tyson. He was at... Um, he was at the same conference, uh, com uh, uh, co like a Comic-Con thing in London that Matt Smith was at. And he walked past me with a load of guys. I went, all right. He went, mm. didn't say anything. He went, mm. so was nice. Do you know what? I feel um, if you do see a celebrity in passing, that is the correct thing to do. You're all right. You're all right. And then let them do whatever they would do it. Yeah. You get in there. Yeah. I, I don't agree with this whole getting in a celebrity's face to have a proper conversation unless they want to engage with you if you go all right and they go all right and then they walk over to you and you go oh cool you know mm. you want to have a chat if they I, don't I, let them do what they want to do i i met frank bruno he's a funny guy 
really, really, really nice guy, actually. You mean Chris Eubank? I have met Chris Eubank. No, not Chris. It's Chris Eubank. I am a boxer. Um, I, I met Chris Eubank a few years after that episode of, what was the sporting show called? What was the, the, the sporting thing with Nick Hancock? Uh, they think it's all over. Yeah, right. So there was this episode of They Think It's All Over and they had Chris Eubank on there and they fucking set him up. Right? <laughs> they they set him up. And he and he was being very Chris Eubank-like. He was like, let me tell you something educational. Right? And he kept going off on one. And then they brought up that the, somehow they got onto the fucking topic of Jonah Lumo, right? And Chris Eubank sits there and goes, personally, I think, I think Jonah Lumo is a big puff. <laughs> and then Nick Hancock goes, whoa, 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 whoa. What did you just say, Chris? Did you just say Jonah Lumo is a big puff? Yes, I think he's a big puff. Ten minutes later, they have the, you know, feel the sportsman rap. Yeah. And Nick Hancock just goes, and now it's time for Phil the Sportsman Ram and just smiles and looks at Chris Eubank like this. And fucking Jonah Lumo walks out. And you've got Chris Eubank. Now Chris Eubank's quite a big guy. I've stood next to him. He's a fucking big... Jonah Lumo is seven fucking foot tall, big Maori motherfucker, right? Yeah, and he's, he's a big. big bastard. I've seen him. I, I've got his autograph somewhere. I, I've I sort of got close to him to get his autograph. He is a big man eubank shut himself and you can see it on his face galupo just walked up to him gone you up <laughs> and Francis my friend he says we we were in brighton we saw chris eubank my mate went all right chris and he was like all right. he goes how's your mate jonah <laughs> what the yeah. fuck are you doing <laughs> we watch and, um, in fairness eubank laughed in fact we, we watch um Gogglebox on a Friday, and some and when you watch the celebrity one, he's on it with his son Chris, yeah. Chris Eubank yeah. Jr. Of course, because you know he's a boxer too, and I've seen him box. He's a boxer too, and he's an absolute beast. However, uh, pff, such imagination with the name, though, calling him his son the same name as himself. Um, and the the thing is, Chris Eubank, normal, is so eccentric. His son is oh, yeah. sitting there looking at him going, what the fuck? Half a time. It's so good. Oh, he was so in a good. suit. He was he in his... When in we saw suit. him in Brighton, in Brighton, he was in one of the... A tweed fucking beige suit with a fucking cane. Oh, I, I, I love him. I, don't get me wrong. I, he's eccentric, but he's not eccentric in a bad way. He is Chris Eubank. <laughs> I mean, oh, mate, he's so lovable. Yeah, he is. He's one I mean, of those ex- lovable eccentrics. He's a bit like he's a bit like Bruno because, I mean, we used when I was a kid we used to go to pantomimes because my mum ran a shop in Molesey where all the theatre lot used to come in, and mum one of mum's customers was a big director and would direct pantomimes every year, so we would go to the pantomimes at Richmond every year, and one year Bruno was there and they were you know how they get kids to come up on stage. Well, my sister was chosen and I wasn't. And I got really upset. I was only about eight or nine at the time. And they said, all right, look, you come and you come and meet Frank Bruno. So why my sister's on stage and you've got, I think it was Brian Colony. Remember the um, the guy from ITV? It's a puppet. Oh, it's yeah. a puppet. Yeah, right. Yeah, so he yeah. was ripping the piss out of my sister. Frank Bruno was looking after me. Back, back, so he goes, oh, what are you doing, mate? Uh, like that. 
lovely fucking guy. I'll never forgotten it because yeah. he was he was he was like. It was like, so, so what do you think of the pantomime? This is cool, isn't it? You know? that, yeah, he's he, like, we'll, yeah. Loved it, loved him. Really nice guy. And I know I, he genuinely looked after me. He just took me by the hand. It's like we, we sneaked up to the backstage and we could see through the curtain and everything. And it was like, oh, it was brilliant. I can't remember. I think it was Dick, it was Dick Whittington. That was Probably that is. Was he. Uh, I think uh, Connolly did Dick Whittington for quite a long time. Mm. It was Dick Whittington, if I remember rightly. Because was it was it was Brian Colony, Sue po- Sue fucking Pollard was in it, and Frank Bruno. Oh, from um, is it Heidi? What was Heidi? it Aladdin? So Sue Pollard was Heidi High, yeah. I, yeah. She was in. Yeah. She was in one year. My, I might be getting. Could have been Aladdin because Bruno might have been. Anyway, on I this week's theatre review with Keith. <laughs> yeah. Um, <sighs> just uh, sorry. Uh, yeah. We digress. We- so look, the long and the short of it is, if we've reached the conclusion that you do not start a fight with Mike Tyson, full stop. Evander Holyfield will back me up on this. I guarantee you. <sighs> He's all ears, that man. He's all ears. Well, half. No, another note. Right. Uh, sorry, I couldn't help myself. Um, another note. Um, Batwoman, the fucking atrocious CW show, uh, has been cancelled. Along didn't with... Naomi? Didn't that? Terrible night. Miami got cancelled. Legends of Tomorrow got cancelled. I think everything but The Flash and Lois and Clark, or sorry, not Lois and Clark, Superman and Lois uh, got cancelled because at the moment there is a bloodbath at Warner Brothers. This guy, Dave, David Zaslav, has come in and gone, Why are we wasting money on this? Gone. It's and the other part of it too is also that they have a studio lease and the studio lease is uh, coming up, so they're having to like kind of. I think it, it was May. The studio needs to be re- rehired, and they were like, "Let's save money. Let's not do any more of this shit." Um, this guy the, from Discovery looks like he's going through there with a nice pair of scissors, shaping everything up to the way it should be. I'm. Uh, it sounds like a man who's like, "We need to make money, or we need to, I need to get return on the fact that we bought you." Um, which is good. Um, there are a lot of uh, people in there. Maybe they'll fire a ton of executives because I'm tired of seeing more executives than actors at the beginning of a TV show. I remember when you used to watch TV show and you used to get three sets of executive producers and they go like this. There would be the money men executive producers, the guys holding the purse strings, usually from Warner Brothers, but large. Um, or there would be the, uh, and then there'd be the creative. Yeah. So the day Michael Skolinski's Michael Pillar, etc. Those people will be next. And then there would be the person who's actually doing the executive producing job and responsible for making sure that all parties are that. This would be three groups producers, and you'd most maybe get nine at max. But now you can go through there and they have got more screen, they've got more bloody things on the on the titles than anything else. It's like if you watch Discovery, there are more, there's like 23. I think there's 23. I was watching Red Letter Media thing, they're kind of 23 executive producers. So this guy whoosh, coming through cancelling all this stuff naomi i watched a, a clip of um the last scene naomi when she remembers she's on fly and uh it looked terrible and the actress looked like she couldn't be bothered which is the other oh, thing too. It, I, I them had it on in the background on the warner brothers travel here for about five minutes and i just went i looked at it and already knew it was just utter crap um the rumor is that that, that they are looking at the jj deal 
and the rumor is that all the movies that he was supposedly meant to be working on like black superman and all this bullshit um have been quietly he hasn't right he had the deal he's done nothing he should have done one film by now just one film that's because by now. this that's because this happened and the rumor is that they are why the fuck give him half a billion dollars? I, I'm not joking. I'm, even with a deal going, hang on, no, no, they half. It was five hundred million dollars. Yes, that the, the, the contract was for. Yeah, he should have produced. If I wanted that, that's five films. I'd want five films from him by now. Yeah, <laughs> nothing. The man's a that's... fucking hack. I hate him. I oh, really no, do. I know, I know, I know. Touches. He's like the I, reverse uh... Midas. Everything he touches turns to shit. I used um, to disagree with you, but I now very much agree with you. Um, and yeah, now do you still like Star Trek Beyond? <sighs> See, that's the one we argue over. You like Star Trek Beyond because I don't fucking like Star Trek Beyond. I thought Star Trek Beyond was. I know. I've always said that I know why you don't like it. My problem is I like Chris Pine, and I think that's why I, still... I like. No, I like Chris Pine. I think that's a good. Mm. Good choice in acting. He does do it. Does a good Kirk, and it's there are moments in the film. The, there are moments in the film I like. I, you see, the thing was like, I know not everybody agrees with me, but I thought the, the the casting of the central trio, the triangle in those movies, was absolutely spot on. Right, that you know that the, the Carl Urban, Zachary Quinto, and and Chris Pine. They didn't the use. They, they didn't. It wasn't. They weren't the main trilogy. It was no, but they were the triangle. They were the they were, triangle. The, the main, the main. They were the, in the yeah, original they were, series. They were yeah. in the original no, series, I know, but, but not in this. It was yes, I'm, room. I, I know that, but I like I'm to say those. I like to say no. Those three, those three were 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 brilliantly cast, um, and that's why I suppose I like parts of that movie. Um, I won't say it was good. It's not particularly good. Um, you know, what's his face as the bad guy is tragically underused. Um, Lufa. That's the right. Hang on a second. Right in the first Star Trek, that new the, when the reboot. Yeah, you don't know how dumb his his introduction is. Hi, I'm Nero. And it's like, what the fuck kind of intro is that? Do you think Darth Vader would have worked? That would have worked with Darth Vader, where it would have been like kind of we're chasing down this thingy, and he just calls him up on the video phone. It's like kind of, hello, it's Darth Vader here. Um, <laughs> I have the penny to <laughs> do, do, yeah. <laughs> The way you've just done that voice reminds me of the Eddie Izzard Death Cantina sketch. <laughs> I, I'm I'm Vader, Lord Vader. Do you know who I am? <laughs> have you ever no, seen that no, sketch? No. Look up Eddie Izzard Death Star Cantina sketch. It you will piss yourself laughing. <laughs> you will absolutely but, piss uh, yourself laughing. But, the other thing was was the uh, yeah because it was his introduction as a bad guy is just terrible, it really is. Uh, and I, I I didn't like the Star Trek 2009 one because it wasn't Star Trek. And and I'll be honest with you, that one has led to Discovery and to Picard and all the other nonsense because they've just diverged off. What they should I have think... they should have got the guy from Babylon Five to to write Star Trek. They should have just paid him to do it. He, he can he can write. He, he, since a he managed to make a really what I would probably describe one of the difficult difficult TV series to write. Make it work. He made it work um, because you know, without you know decent writing, you can't you don't know what to do directing wise and this that and the other. Um, 
so yeah um anyway going going back to uh warner brothers and bits uh i'm hoping that warner brothers will get a, a steady head on they they have talked about cancelling the uh the black superman because it just seems pointless um they i, I i'm uh, bill i'm i'm praying that the um the Babylon 5 thing's actually been cancelled i was watching it to, i was watching it thursday night um, it was put on hold because of this. Um, mm. Not it, no yet. It hasn't yet been cancelled. Now, yeah, uh, I'm a bit. I'll be honest with you. If it gets made now under the current conditions with the new guy who doesn't want this shit, he wants stuff to sell. He wants stuff to make money. I think I'd be in a better place. I I I, I was half intrigued to see it because JMS was involved. That's why. But I also understood at the time it was being made for the CW and, you know, all but one show on the CW has been woke nonsense. But the first season of Superman Superman and Lois was pretty good. This season has been quite interesting um, where it's going. So we've had Bizarro. So, um, and that's been been interesting he's just revealed his identity to lana and that's where it left off so um we will have to see we will have to see but um yeah it's going to be interesting to see what happens with dc because dc have really got a moment now that they could strike and do very well because marvel is very much floundering all right let's let's just do just a couple of things now and, and wrap things up okay so the first things first is i spoke to my sister about dr strange she really enjoyed it um her husband on the other hand didn't enjoy it he thought it was garbage and he said at the end of the film people were actually booing the screen because they thought it was that bad um it sounds very uh and then and then um rise of skywalker storytelling i think that um what you call it I think they have a uh, a problem, and the problem is Kevin Feige. I think that he thinks that he is the secret source rather than he was fortunate to be around people who created the secret source. Yeah, I think he thinks it was all his idea. Yeah, it wasn't his idea. He's not the creative. Yeah, um, Billford says he walked out of Doctor Cringe. Wow, mm. was it that bad? Mm-hmm. That is that's that's not a ringing endorsement. I haven't seen it's it. Not I went good. to go see it. I, 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 fi- I found. Wanda to be highly annoying um, mm. and actually totally out of character. I'm sorry, I just do not buy her motivation. I'm sorry, but it's it's bad. It's really bad. Mm. Um, I'm fed up of seeing Professor X die on screen. I'm sorry, I'm just fed up of it. It's what, three times now? You you, yeah. you, you finally introduced John Skinsey as, as Richard, um, what's his face, in the Fantastic Foot. Four, and then you promptly kill him. Um, the only one that was good to see getting killed was Natasha Lynch, <laughs> only because I find her immensely irritating. Oh yeah, um, she's got she's, she's anti-screen presence. I um, have to admit that okay. the Haley Atwell Captain Britain in this, well, she was hot, but then Haley Atwell is. She didn't, like like Atwell. she didn't look like a man. She didn't look like a man, like the cartoon. Yeah. Um, no, most of it right. was visually. It's great. It was that bad. It's it's annoying because there were, as I said, there were three films in Phase Four that I was looking forward to, and that was the Spider Man film because it's Spider Man. Chance of it being crap, unlikely. It's like Batman film, 
Um, there was the, the Multiverse of Madness, which I was looking forward to. And then there's the Gardens of the Galaxy Volume 3. And they're the ones, only ones. And I don't think Disney has anything else slated outside of those films that I'm interested in. The, yeah. the only thing, thing I'll say is, Bifford, did you stay to the point where, where he fights Wanda? Because I will say that the bit where he basically uses a zombified version of himself to fight Wanda, seen like a, a zombified Doctor Strange fighting Wanda, that, was, that, that one bit in the entire film was kind of cool. Yeah. Um, but, but it's a bad film and it doesn't excuse the entire film. Um, but um, that was only because I'm into Marvel zombies. <laughs> I'm thinking, I'm going to use a zombie. <laughs> and it, it was works. very, um, what do you call it? It was very, the guy, who's the guy direct? Sam Raimi. Through Sam Raimi yeah. to have like kind of half uh, dead characters. I love Bruce Campbell turning up. As I said last week, I loved Bruce Campbell turning up. And and the Bruce Campbell cameo was very, very funny, like he is in all of, of Raimi's movies. But the fact that they did that kind of <laughs> really funny end scene uh, after the credits <laughs> was, was also very apt. Worth, even though it's like five seconds long, <laughs> it's very funny. I started laughing. Um Okay, but yeah. So here's right. So here's the upsetting thing from following from last week: the new Doctor from Doctor Who and Russell T Davis. It looks like we're going down the path that we didn't want to go down. Russell T Davis <sighs> go, went on about um, being anti-Tory and and he got all political. Um, yeah, but he's been political. Then... He has been political. I, right, can I just remind you that, 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 that Russell T. Davis, is, he's done some fucking howling, horrible things in, in Doctor Who. Yeah, yes. and one of the most popular episodes of Doctor Who has probably got one of the most irritating things in it too, and it's called Voyage of the Damned. Yeah. You've watched that? And, and he tried That's to the one when he, the one like... he was on the bus. Kind of thing. No, not the bus. The no. Voyage of the Damned. No, that's, that's Planet of Dead. Voyage oh, of the was this the one with Carly Minogue? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, um, what do you call it? He he equated being cybernetic to being gay. Yeah, and it was really because when you saw it, and it was the little fucking red potato creature, not cactus potato creature. Yeah, that was cringeworthy. And there there've been the bits own, in it private prior. The only thing I will script. say, I I know what he said, and and I've I've heard the interviews. But there is one thing that gives me a tiny bit of hope. And it's only a tiny bit of hope. Bad Wolf is owned by Sony. Sony want to make money. If they go too into the... They, 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 they have taken this on knowing how bad the ratings are. There are Sony execs that have said, we know how bad the ratings are. It is absolutely dead in the US. Right, and it's dead for a very good reason because it's been shit and, and crap. Right, they are hoping that 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 he will go into the side of actually telling stories. When Russell T. Davis wants to tell a story, he can do that. He can tell it even when he gets political. He can tell a good story around it. Years and years was 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 a good story around something very political. Now you might not agree with the politics, and it was very very obviously anti-Trump. Right, and and you might have been switched off by that, but the writing was at least 
good, right? I'm going to give it the benefit of the doubt until it airs. And I will give it one or two, maybe the four episode rule. If it, if it, if it, if, but they, they, they have to undo the, what's it face? The time is gone. If, if they undone. don't do that, then I'm, I'm, I'm done because so far as I am concerned, the doctor is for so Gallifrey. They, they're I don't going care. to bury it under the carpet and ignore it. That's what they're going to do. They haven't even... They haven't, the thing that gets me with the current Doctor Who is, yeah? They haven't... How can I put it? Um, the universe got destroyed with the exception of the solar system. And they haven't fixed it. And they, they haven't, haven't fixed, fixed it. it. They didn't even bother. It wasn't even like I hand wave it and it comes back. Yeah? Nonsense. Which is fine. They are sex macking that. But do something. Sonic it back. Everything's back. You know? Um, I'm. I, I, this is how it goes, yeah? I think it's going to be a fucking disaster. I think you're going to have bits of where you go, oh, this is really good, and then other bits where you go, what the fuck is this? I think the Doctor's going to be a they-them. Yeah. Right. It's going to be non-binary uh, crap nonsense. And you will be, at the end of this, you'll go, Stephen Moffat was the better writer. And I put fucking money on that. Because it's exactly the same. It's going to be exactly the same as the, you'll be begging for I, uh, George Lucas at the end of it. I always felt that 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 the best episodes in Russell T. Davis's tenure were written by Moffat. When Moffat took over, the best episodes that Moffat wrote were under Russell T. Davis's tenure. No, um, no, so I, 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 we can argue. With we the exception of one. With the exception of one episode, and I know, and, and I will give you that, right? And that's the war speech. The war speech with the... The Zygon inversion is a good one, but there's yeah. the, the Heaven Sent... That's just that's a great what do you call it? Um, it's a, it? it depends uh, what you it depends think. what you 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 take from Doctor Who as a piece of brave, very well written television. Yes, Heaven Sent is a good episode. I didn't enjoy it that much. I get why people did. I it's not my favorite. It's, if I, I, I still I, love Blink, it's Blink it's a to me is still one of the best pieces of science fiction on its own. I'll give you that. It's, just a fantastic it's brilliantly written. It, it was a brave episode to do it, and, and, and it is one of those thinking, but my favourite episodes are not that. My favourite episode, I still love from season one, with the, the, the where they introduce Captain Jack, Are You My Mummy? I think those are two really very good episodes, and I love Blink. Blink is the episode that I say, look, if you want to know what Doctor Who, go watch Blink, because Blink will scare the shit out of you, and it does. And, do you, and, and do you it know still what? fucking does. My favourite um, Doctor Who thing is. Go on. What's it's that? not even Doctor Who, it's Torchwood. <laughs> well, no, look, some people... Yeah, but that was Russell T. Davis. Yeah. Torchwood was Russell T. Davis. And no, no, my no, first... no, that was Chris Chibnall, mate. He created it and Chris Chibnall ran it. My, my first entry to Doctor Who was Torchwood, and I didn't even realise it was uh, Doctor Who. Hmm. We just caught an episode and went, ooh, quite like the look of that it was the first episode you know where the forgetting the the detective's name but she started following jack and finds his secret lair and stuff. no clue um but we we were we caught the first episode and was like oh that's quite good and then on speaking with you found out actually it's a spin-off of doctor who and we're like oh right okay it's an anagram of doctor who yeah we didn't even realize um such is my lack of knowledge of all things Doctor Who. 
and well, my lack of caring, really. Um, the, the only the, Doctor I've liked was Matt Smith, and that was the first one I got into when it was regenerated. Have you ever seen the, the first episode with the Weeping Weeping Angels, which is not hasn't even got the Doctor in it until the end, except you know as a DVD Easter egg, which I think was genius, by the way. Um, and um, oh, it's brilliant! It, it's scary. It, it's still scary. Um, the the, the oh. angels become less scary, Mister Moffat, when you saw them move. Right, the whole point, the whole reason the angels were scary is because you don't see them move, blink, I, and you're dead. <laughs> I think I remember blink. Was that a mansion? Yes, it's the one that. Yes. it's effectively the one that launched Carrie Mulligan's career into the fucking stratosphere, um, because she was so bloody good in that. And oh, wait, by the way, there was your first female doctor. Um, but um, sorry, I got. If, if you were going to cast someone, she would have been better than King Jody, King David Tennant. My armpit, my armpit with a face drawn in it would have been better than Jodie Whittaker. Mm. I look, Gareth. You, I, I absolutely understand why you think what you do. I, I, I hope right. you are wrong. From my perspective, as a, as a, nobody, who knows nothing, um, if they've cast this person to be the Doctor, purely on acting talent and how they're going to portray the Doctor how they want them to portray the Doctor, then I'm all for it. And they've done the casting right. And they've uh, they've done it purely on acting talent. And this is the guy who is going to portray our vision the best. If Plus, they couldn't is... have a white Doctor. That was the other part of it, too. I, I think that's ill material, right? If this guy auditioned alongside everybody else, regardless of uh, male, female, or what, whatever else you're calling yourself, a toaster, um, or colour, it doesn't matter. If this person has auditioned along everyone else and the criteria has been met on acting talent and what they expect the Doctor to be, and he's met that criteria and he's beat everyone else and he's been the best in the auditions, Fantastic. I hope that we're down for a great, great doctor. I honestly do. Uh, if it is anything else, it's always going to be shit. I will, I will say this, right? Russell T. Davis likes his gay actors, right? Especially the younger ones. That's not an insinuation. He, he, he likes, he had quite a, a fascination with Russell Tovey um, and cast Russell Tovey in quite a lot of things. Um, Russell Tovey was the, the gay brother in Years and Years, Nigel, um, the one that died on the beach. Um, and he was in Doctor Who in the vo episode of Voyage of the Damned. Um, and I think Russell T. Davis has said in two interviews that he had someone else lined up. This guy came in and blew him away. Now, having seen the guy in Sex Education, he's a capable actor. I will say this about him. He has never confirmed his sexuality. He has always said that is private. He does not use his sexuality as a political beating thing like a lot of these things. He doesn't say... He's blatantly gay, right? But he doesn't... He keeps that private, right? If I right, don't... Yeah. Okay. I, 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 I don't mind that. I think that's a good... I think it shouldn't have a bearing. 
on your acting ability because it doesn't. He, you're either good said, or you're not. He said some very good things. Russell T. Davis has used it to beat the, the government over the head about banning the BBC, but I know plenty of thespians that are still very pro the BBC. I've argued with a couple of them saying I am anti-BBC, um, and they have told me that they're pro-BBC, and I get it. I am still anti-BBC. They haven't changed my mind. Um, because I see the BBC is not um, impartial anymore. Um, and that was their key thing. Um, but I understand what the, the things that he said that's, that's got Gareth concerned, but um, the, the actor that's been cast has said very good things. And actually when he was quizzed by one thing about his sexuality, he says, I'm not talking about that. I, I'm playing a character. You know, good. the fact that he plays Eric in, 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 I mean, let's get it, let's get this straight, right? The actor is gay, <laughs> okay? He is blatantly gay, or he might be bisexual, but I'm pretty sure he's gay. Um, but um, he doesn't want to talk about that. So I'll give him that, you know, I'll give him those, those dues. And what he's said about playing the Doctor has been great. And I, I do think I get what Russell T. Davis is seeing in him. I think I get it. I think I get where they're going with this. And I think it could be good. But they might be they might have this idea in their mind as to the type of doctor, the quirkiness or whatever that they're looking for. And he might be portraying that perfectly compared to other people who have gone for the role. Hmm. He might have. I don't I don't know. I I've never seen that programme. So I can't he... comment on how good he is. I like the fact that he's saying my sexuality is is literally nothing to do with you. Um, I'm an actor. Judge me on that. Essentially, was what he's saying. If he's not prepared to talk about, then it doesn't matter. Outside of the context of well, his fucking bedroom and what he does. Yeah, I... it doesn't. I... It really but doesn't. When he but... said they them when he described the doctor. That's the bit that made me go. Yes, oh. but there, well, there has been a lady. To... There has it has been a lady, you know. Now, so that they, they, they are a they and them at some point. You can't just refer to him as a him in these days because a million people will get upset with him about it. So he might just be being correct. I suppose in in the context of yes, he's now been a female, so he can <laughs> no longer be just him. And as a and doctor. then he went. And then he went on about representation. Yes. Who? But everybody goes Russell. on about that, Gareth. No. Uh, yeah, Russell T. Davis, yeah, he did. He went on about representation. All right. But what he also the, said, the... but he did say that there was an audition process. They had somebody else lined up, and this guy blew him away. Oh, yeah, this is Sylvester McCoy's welcome. Right. So this I actually liked. Hang on a second. Welcome, Shitty Gatwa. Welcome to Am our unique audio? club, the Doctor Who Club. You are very welcome, and we'll be delighted to watch you take on the Daleks, the Cybermen, the Weeping Angels, and the critics. <laughs> we all had to do that when we took over. Anyway, I wish you well. I wish you everything you wish for yourself in the TARDIS. I hope you have great adventures. I know you will. I had. All the best, mate. All the best. I look forward to meeting you someday. Bye. Another Scott. Way! I love the fact. Sylvester McCoy. Yeah, the fan thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you so much for your 
beautiful message and means the absolute world, especially coming from a fellow Scot. <laughs> especially coming from a fellow Scot. Um, I am so looking forward to facing all of those foes, especially the last one that you mentioned. And the support from you and all the other doctors has just filled me with the strength that I will be able to do that. Thank you so much for welcoming me, welcoming me into the family. It means the world. Sylvester, you're a gentleman. All the best. I'm going to ask one question. Was Sylvester McCoy turning up and talking about Doctor Who again because we might be in store for a surprise? What, in the 60th? So I'm just saying, I'm just throwing that out there that, you know, he's alive. He does do conventions. Uh, conventions. He still loves Doctor Who. And, and you know, just sending a message saying, well, you know, if, if welcome if, to the Doctor Who. He didn't do that for Jodie. Did he, did he not? No, he didn't do that for Jodie. No, he didn't do that for Jodie. Um, the other part of it, too, is if, if he's in it, there's a good chance that uh, David Tennant's father-in-law will be in it. Um. You've got yes. a picture. Your dad met David Tennant's father-in-law. Oh, you don't know this. Right. Who's David so, Tennant's father-in-law? Right. Okay. No, no. Right. So get this. Do you remember the episode of Doctor Who where do the Doctor has a daughter? Kind of. No, right? he won't remember that. He, this right. is no, so, he, he, okay. He okay. So there is an episode of Doctor Who where the Doctor kind of gets cloned and this girl is born and she's awesome because she is the daughter of the Doctor. There is an explanation as to why she's awesome. All right. David Tennant met that girl and married her. Her father was the fifth doctor, is Peter Davison. Her father is Peter Davison, who was a doctor. <laughs> so he literally married the doctor's daughter. <laughs> really. And, and, and yes, evidently... It, yeah. They've had Go about on. fucking eight billion children. Yes, because... There's a joke. Oh, okay, that guy. He's, he's Sorry, had to Google him. <laughs> Peter Davison, your dad, you got a picture of you and your dad. Your dad David, um, David Turner married his daughter, who who appeared as the doctor's daughter in an episode. With do you want to hear something funny? Do you know what yeah. Peter Davison's real surname is? Go on. Tennant. <laughs> but David Tennant's real surname isn't Tennant, it's McDonald. Yes, I, um, I know that. I know, I know. I, um, I'm a, oh, the irony. Yeah, anyway, I think, I think they've had a lot of kids. Stop it. Yes, they have yes. had a lot of kids. I think that might be a good place to stop it. Thank you very much, ladies and gentlemen, for listening, watching, and we'll catch you in the next one. Goodbye. Ciao. Bye-bye.